Anastasia. I'd give her a ha, then a hi-ya, and I'd kick her, sir. Hello and welcome to I Can't Believe It's Not the Mouse, the podcast all about animated movies not from Disney. I'm your host, Octaviano Macias, and today we'll be discussing a Disney feature. Because Disney bought Fox. Yeah, as long as the movie was made before Disney bought it, it's A-OK to talk about. So with that out of the way, Anastasia, the Disney princess movie that wasn't. Until the Fox buyout made it a Disney princess movie. Yes. Yes. Exciting. So, yeah, this started off as a Fox movie. It was an animated movie for their then-new studio. It was supposed to be their big coming-out, you know, grand start of a new animation studio. But, of course, people thought it was a Disney movie for years. No surprise there. I mean, it's pretty much got all the elements. It's a cartoon. It stars a woman. It's got magical elements. It's pretty much a fairy tale. You know, everything you'd see out of a Disney movie, especially back then with the Renaissance going on. So... For years, people thought, hey, this has got to be a Disney movie. And of course, people would often say, no, it's not a Disney movie. But now that Fox has been bought off by Disney, guess what? It's a Disney movie, which, you know, kind of funny. It's funny how things are. Essentially, what that means is that Anastasia was a movie that people mistook for a Disney movie for so long that she's now officially a Disney princess. How often does that happen? Now, of course, it's a Disney-owned movie, but has Disney really embraced it over the years? It's on their app, Disney+, Plus, but not much has been done with it. I mean, sure, they were proud to announce that it was on Disney+, Plus, but there's no news of it being remade into a live-action movie like they have been doing with Beauty and the Beast or other Disney movies. There's no real news regarding whether or not they're going to try doing another Anastasia, maybe try doing a show, a spinoff, or anything like that. It's just kind of stayed there. I mean, realistically, I'm not sure if there's any plans to do anything with it. I mean, of course, Disney has done a lot with the Fox stuff as it is. I mean, they've, they're um, doing a bunch of shorts with The Simpsons. They're rebooting Home Alone. We're seeing a bunch of stuff that they're doing. I mean, there's been talks about doing more Planet of the Apes with Disney. Of course, Deadpool is now crossing over to the MCU. So one would think Anastasia, one of their most known animated features, would get some love. And I'd assume that if there's any reason why they wouldn't do it, it's probably because of the historical events in the movie. More specifically, that it's based on them. Just because when you think about it, there's really no talks of doing anything with Pocahontas. And now, granted, that might just be because Pocahontas was not one of their more successful movies from that period. But then again, it was decent enough to be a part of the Disney Princess line, have merchandise. So you'd think that they'd do something with it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a matter of like, look, we don't want to mess too much with history on this stuff because, you know, we could get into hot water. We already did get into hot water with uh, Pocahontas. Let's not tempt that with doing more historical projects, stuff that's already been done. So that may be a reason why they're not doing Anastasia. I'm not sure. I'm just taking a wild guess here. Still, that being said, if they were to do something, I'd be kind of curious because as it turns out, Anastasia is not a bad movie. Yeah, that actually surprised me because I did see it as a kid and I remember not really thinking about it much. I mean, I was just like, you know, it's a girl's movie. Songs are kind of nice. The animation is nice, but who cares? I'm a guy. You know, it's not my kind of movie. Boys will be misogynistic at at their early age, especially when society is that normal. So, hey, don't blame me. But my bigger point is that not having seen it since I was a kid, I was thinking, 
this is not going to be a good movie. It's not going to hold up well. It's probably going to have some moments that I do enjoy. Like, again, I do remember, of course, enjoying the songs. And, of course, the animation is neat. So I was like, you know, maybe that's as much as it's going to be. But it's going to be one of those movies that I just don't like. Then I actually sat down and rewatched it for this. And I was like, this is good. This is actually a good movie. It's not great. I definitely prefer Transformers movie if we're going to be comparing it to other movies that I've done on this list, which is so far just these two. But it does work. Now, of course, if you haven't seen it, which is understandable, you know, it's been years since it came out. And while it was a big hit when it came out, it hasn't been talked about as much since it did debuted back in 97, I believe. The movie is based upon the true story of how the Romanovs were basically killed off. I'm not going to go too detail on the history on it, just because I don't want to flub too much on that, but that's the general idea. Anastasia was lost in the mix, and for years, yeah, people did think that she was just lost, maybe she would be found again. Um, never really get, did happen, so this movie is kind of like an alternate history on that, where, hey, look, we actually did find the real Anastasia so, at some point. And then you have Rasputin thrown into the mix, who died prior to this, but whatever, it's 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 a it's a fictional movie, who cares? And Rasputin has magic, because he sold his soul to the devil. I mean, they don't say the devil, but it might as well be the devil. Uh, he has a talking bat sidekick called Bartok, voiced by um, Hank Azaria, and, you know, Hank is doing the, the wacky voice that, you know, you would expect Hank Azaria to do for a talking bat. And he has a whole thing where he's hunting down Anastasia because he's cursed to live forever until all the Romanovs are dead, or until he gets killed himself, whatever. And it's at that point that I'm like, yeah, I could see why they wouldn't really want to touch upon this one because it is fairly nice early on because it's like, okay, so this is just an alternate history take uh, where we did find Anastasia. So, okay, yeah, I could buy that. It's obviously fiction no matter which way you slice it, but it is fiction within our world. And then you add in magical, mystical Rasputin and it's like, okay, now you just made a whole nother thing. And, you know, that that even seems to be the contention that um a lot of people who got involved with this had. Like, apparently even Meg Ryan, who plays Anastasia, was not really keen on the idea of doing it until they kind of convinced her, showing her some of the animation of the movie to show her, like, hey, look, this is how you're going to look like hearing your voice come out of the main character, the princess. But prior to that, it's kind of like, this is kind of a dark story and you're adding in all this magical fairy tale stuff and it's just kind of weird yeah, that's one of the major reasons why I didn't think this would be as good as it was, just because I, I kept on looking at it and I'm like, so I don't know, we're magic, and yeah, it's it's not exactly something that is, is one of the film's strong suits, it's even, because, you know, I will say that at the very least, the animation on all, like, the magical stuff, like the demons, the spells, and all that, for the most part, is really solid, and it's really amazing stuff to look at, but... Taking out of that, just actually looking at it within the context of the story, it's really bad. It's not, it's, it's kind of useless too, because most of the time, Anastasia and the other main characters that go along with her, like Dimitri, the, the love interest, don't really focus in on the magic all that much. So it's kind of like, why was this in the, in the movie again? It, it doesn't really matter. You could have had this being a sweet story of, all about how this con artist named Dimitri basically finding Anastasia thinking it was just some girl that he was going to do a, a con on on, um, on the relative that was looking for Anastasia. And then it turns out, like, hey, look, it's the real Anastasia. And the con artist, you know, actually has a heart of gold. They fall in love. That stuff works. 
Rasputin, I mean, it's cool to look at. Christopher Lloyd is really doing a, a really good job on it, even if Bartok is kind of annoying, but you can stand Bartok to a degree. But it's so pointless because it rarely even, like, once Rasputin actually decides to interact with Anastasia directly, which is until pretty much the, the end of the movie, it's kind of like, the movie's already kind of done. There's really no reason why you need to show up other than because, well, we started off with magical, mystical, evil Rasputin. Now, going beyond that, yeah, the movie's story is mostly good. I mean, I didn't really like Dimitri being connected to Anastasia early on. At least, uh, it didn't need to be showcased right at the start of the movie because it's like, okay, you know, once I see the boy helping her escape, and then I see the same boy, but grown up, I'm like, okay, I already know the arc that the con artist is gonna go with. And it's not like it would have been even that surprising even without that scene, but it would have been better. Like, at the very least, if they had kept it a secret until, like, the very end of, like, the second act when it's revealed, like, oh, yeah, now I know for sure that this is the real Anastasia because she's remembering stuff that only I knew about. It's alright, but uh, at the same time, I'm like, I kind of would have preferred if he was just a carn artist. You know, it just feels like, like that would have been a much better story than having it be like, oh yeah, and then they were all connected to make it a lot, a lot easier. Again, I made it might have been more forgiving on it if it was just revealed until it became important, but having it right at the very start kind of kills some of the surprise because you already know where exactly it's gonna go and it's, it's just not worth it it's one of those things where it's like okay so we already know he's gonna be a nice guy in the end because we're seeing him be a nice boy uh how about let him be a con artist for a bit let him be sleazy and let him win us over like that would have been a little bit better but you know it still mostly works like i said if they had just kept it to the to like the late second act third act reveal it probably would have been all right but having it right at the start does kind of kill all the effectiveness of it i guess a curse just ain't what it used to be huh sir of course as mentioned before the animation is mostly great the CG is bad, and at times the facial animation looks a bit off, like you'll notice characters are giving stronger performances from their voices than they are giving to their faces, or the faces are doing way more than the voices are giving, so it's off like that. And then at times you'll notice, especially with Dimitri and Anastasia, they have extra lines around their face, usually around the mouth, that makes them look a little chubbier than they are, or at times even older than they are, so that's always a bit weird, but for the most part it is really well done animation i'm not sure if this was rotoscoped it might have been rotoscoped but you get that that kind of feeling with some of the movement and while it is a bit jarring at times because it feels like it's a little more stiff than other movements especially with the more cartoony characters it still mostly works it's still very interesting to look at it's it's disney-esque without just relying on the disney formula so on that front it's still very interesting and it's still something that you know for animation fans I would definitely recommend. Uh, like I said before with the demon stuff, all really great stuff. Rasputin, probably the best character in terms of animation. Story-wise, not a very good one, but in terms of just the animation, there's a lot of personality to, to how he's moved, whether it's him being desperate, whether it's him being evil or all that stuff. Really well done that animation. I mean, the only thing that, that really kind of falters with him is just that at times you'll see Bartok doing something stupid or saying something stupid, and he rarely seems to acknowledge it, which again, kind of goes with the whole, like, there's stuff in this movie where characters are just not acknowledging. I mean, Rasputin as a whole is barely acknowledged in the movie other than just the opening and then, of course, till the end with the climax battle. Bartok is 
just there and most of the time he's saying stupid lines like not to the point that it's too pop culture heavy i mean i don't I can't really think if he, he actually did make any pop culture jokes but he does make you know like the, the, the like the kind of jokes that would fall under that and, and rasputin rarely acknowledges it. he's just kind of like mm, sure whatever like you know there's only a few times where he's actually like yeah get out of the way but if there's one standout to this movie that i'd have to say really makes it worth watching it is the music i mean once upon a december is just an incredible song and we got a lot of other catchy songs too throughout the movie but that's the one that i think most people will remember of course there's rasputin songs in the dark of the night which is just an all-timer great villain movie i mean great villain song it's just a, a really fun bad badass kind of rock song and it's it's cool to listen to that being said there is one song that's a bit off and it's not even that it's a bad song it's just that you look at it and you're like okay this really doesn't help with people thinking this is a disney movie because there's a bit where you have dimitri and um anastasia dancing and you have Dimitri's sidekick in the movie, Vladimir, voiced by Kelsey Grammer, just sitting there, and he's kind of like singing about how, oh, now they're falling in love, this is gonna be harder now because they're falling in love, and it's very much a Beauty and the Beast style song, and I mean Beauty and the Beast the song, not just the movie, the song. It's one, two, three, and suddenly, I see it at a glance, she's radiant. It's like that whole sequence, only it's kind of like if that sequence was done during the the bit in Beauty and the Beast where it's like, oh, there's something there that wasn't there before. So it just feels very much like, oh yeah, now they're really aping off of Disney. And that's just really not helping for the people who think that this already is a Disney movie. Of course it now is, but you know, you know, at the time, of course. But yeah, overall, it's not a bad story. It's a pretty good story. It's ruined from the more fantastical elements in it. It could have just been a great story, just having the journey be be the whole thing like hey look you know here's a struggle trying to get to anastasia's grandmother or if they had to have the demon stuff uh they could have put that in a bit more maybe make it an original thing don't connect it to the anastasia stuff like have that be the inspiration for it but don't have it be the, the main thing because yeah even if you had rasputin more involved it would not have helped this movie it especially if it's still just an anastasia story because you're still going to be thinking yeah this is a guy i mean this is a story a tragic story that really has Happen, and now we got magical demon stuff and again it's fine when it's the alternate history stuff where it's still kind of grounded to what happened or you know what could have happened once you start adding in stuff where it's like oh yeah and there's magic potions there's magical demons no you can't you can't do it. it it just can't come back from it and it just gets awkward like i said the movie kind of ends uh right before rasputin's final battle with anastasia like it's like oh she's already noticing that she misses dimitri oh um this is um you know dimitri misses her are they gonna get back together of course they are but we're gonna have anastasia go out on her own and then dimitri's gonna find her and you know it'll be a touching reunion but no here comes rasputin to throw in some magic stuff that really doesn't affect the story all that much other than we just tied up that loose end and it's it's not necessary i mean of course some people might protest to the idea of showcasing the romanovs being as kind as they were i mean i know there's a whole troubling history in regard how effective they were as rulers how they were as people and all that but and again not getting too much into that so we'll just ignore it for the most part. If it was just an alternate history with Anastasia actually finding her way back. But better, much better movie. As is, still a good movie. The Rasputin stuff is just always going to be weird. But of course, going back to the general question. Is there really that much like a Disney movie of the 90s? 
Like, a lot of people really did make that mistake, and they continue to make that mistake. Now, of course, yes, as I've mentioned before, and this is going to be, you know, broken record, but Disney now owns Fox, but that wasn't the case beforehand, and even if Disney now owns Fox, technically Disney never made it. They just bought it, so no, Disney never made it. But a lot of people did make that mistake, and to this day, they still think that, hey, this was a part of those movies. It was a part of The Lion King. It was a part of The Beauty and the Beast. It was a part of Pocahontas. Is it understandable? I mean, the animation is definitely like Disney movies. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly in the coloring and some of the movement that is Disney-like, along with the creature designs. But the people are very much Don Bluth designs. You know, he's the director of the movie. And if you're not familiar with Don Bluth, he also made stuff like uh, The Land Before Time, An American Tale. He would go on to make Titan AE. So if you've seen Don Bluth's work, yeah, you could definitely see that it's his movie. I mean, the designs are very much an easy indicator of that. Though if you're unaware of him, you might not think too much about it. So I can understand if the average audience member just misses those little details, especially if they're not big into animation. If they're just like, oh, we, you know, I saw cartoons as a kid. I'll show my kids cartoons just because that'll shut them up. Yeah, I could obviously see like, you know, how they wouldn't notice all those little details and think of the animation as being Disney-like. Because like I said, the coloring, definitely there. The creature designs, very much a Disney reminiscent thing. It's really the humans where it starts to drop off, except for Rasputin. Rasputin definitely looks Disney-esque. The only thing that's missing there is probably a little bit more on the color, mostly because most of the lime green, which if you're familiar with Disney movies, you know lime green tends to be associated with their villains, is just on his um little, I don't know, not really tablet, like a little glow stick. I'll call it a glow stick. But, you know, on himself, I don't think it has much Disney coloring, but, you know, it it, it is easy to mistake design-wise. The humans, though, yeah, mo- for the most part, they definitely just look like Don Bluth human characters. And, of course, when, the, when it comes to the music, yeah, it's very much like a Disney Renaissance movie. You got, like, the I Want song, the, the villain song, the crowd song. It's all reminiscent of Disney. So, again, on that front, I can see how people would mistake it for such. I think it's better than a lot of the Disney songs of that time and I know people are gonna hate me for saying that but it's true um but it's still very much a Disney style musical in terms of how it's done it's got more songs than than the average Disney musical so and that might tip off some people but not enough because again average audience members aren't gonna think too much about that like you know on average, most Disney movies tend to have anywhere between five to seven songs. I mean, I lost count on how much this one has, but it feels like it's more consistent all throughout the movie in comparison. Maybe it is just that many, but they, they sing a little bit more and it's it feels more like a standard musical than it does a, a Disney one in terms of how the songs are presented. Still though, the style, execution, very, very reminiscent of Disney movies. Like I said, it's got the I Want song, the villain song, the crowd song. You can find anything. I mean, at most, the only thing that's kind of missing is, I guess, the wacky sidekick song but i mean don't really need that but of course the big one the one that i'd say really makes or breaks whether or not this feels like a disney movie is the plot and i'd say it somewhat feels like a disney movie in that regard it's very different in that aside from the talking bat bar talk it's much less cartoony in its humor compared to a lot of disney movies of the time add to that the characters for the most part uh the only exceptions being meg ryan and uh john cusack as the two leads anastasia dimitri the characters are trying to do the accent of their location which i appreciate that honestly it's not great you know, some of them you can tell right away they're they're not really from there but i appreciate the effort and trying to do that because you look at something like Beauty and the Beast and it's like everyone is talking normally and then you have Lumiere who has the French accent and it's like wait but this is in France so here comes the stereotypical Frenchman which is weird because everyone else is acting is, is talking like an American but hey whatever in those regards 
I just say the story kind of feels like a Disney movie. I mean, it's mostly in the fairy tale aspect of it, but the way they approach like the more normal, grounded stuff, little different than what you would see um, from Disney movies at the time. Not enough to really say that it wouldn't feel like a Disney movie, but enough to a point where it's like that it's mistaken for a Disney movie so much. Really showcases how average, how the average um, audience member doesn't pay enough attention to details, which I'm not going to complain too much about because I understand. If you put me on stuff that I'm not really a fan of, uh, I'll barely be, be able to tell you the difference. I mean, you make me watch a whole bunch of anime, and yeah, I'll tell you the difference between like, oh, uh, this one is about monsters, this one's about aliens, this one's about people. But if you ask me like, oh, can you differentiate the designs of the people? Uh, I'd be like, I mean, I might notice a few things, but I gotta be honest, I might mix up a bunch of characters for each other just because I'm not too in tune with the anime um, art style, so I won't pick up on all the little details the way I world with with this to a disney movie so i could kind of understand from a very average audience member's perspective someone who's not really into this stuff but if you have a mild interest in this it doesn't even have to be a big interest just has to be a mild interest and you mistaken this for a, a disney movie i'd probably question how how you arrived at that now of course was it always destined to have the magical fairy tale stuff in there not really. I mean, this was originally intended as a much more grounded movie in terms of uh, early on when they were talking about making this. Like, I know they mentioned that there was a chance that it could have been like The King and I or I forgot what was the other movie that they wanted to um, adapt into a cartoon at Fox. But this is the one that ended up uh, doing it. It was based on a, another movie about about um, Anastasia finding her way back. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that movie, but, you know, I, I know it exists. Um, and early on, they wanted the Bolsheviks to be the villains of the movie, but they thought, oh, okay, that's a bit much, so they changed it to a guard that was chasing uh, Anastasia, just because I guess he had, like, a vendetta against the Romanovs. It was just a regular guard who was just hunting them down, so I was like, okay, so it wasn't always intended to be this magical thing. Apparently, Don Bluth just came in and said, hey, you know, that's what I want to do for the villain, which, okay, more power to him if they gave it to him. I still would have chosen something else, though. Because the animation is great. Even if it's a bit weird in spots, the music, incredibly beautiful. One of the best I've ever heard. The voice work, mostly great. Sometimes it's a little weird um, not hearing the characters who, um, like Anastasia, not having like the accent. Sometimes that's a little weird. Sometimes Meg Ryan comes off a little too badly girl for the role, but for the most part it works. Again, I do appreciate that a bunch of the of the characters, a bunch of the actors did um, provide accents for the characters. It just makes it feel that much more real and at least feels like there was more effort put into that, into, in that department. But of course, sometimes the vocal energy just does not match the facial animation, which can be jarring. Anya, as she's known early on before remembering she's Anastasia, is a, a good enough character. You know, the stuff with her trying to find her family and just going with the whole royalty thing just, just because, hey, you know, even if it doesn't work out, at the very least, I could find my real family in France. You know, I, I won't have to worry about it. Uh, you know, it's definitely great stuff. The fantasy stuff, look, the animation is neat. I'm not going to deny that. It just does not work. It works enough in terms of, yeah, the animation is fun to watch, but from a story perspective, I would have just dropped it. Christopher Lloyd committing to the role is really the, the strong suit of the fantasy aspect, just because him as Rasputin is fun to watch. But if you told me, hey, you could kick this out of out of the movie i definitely would have especially as it would kick out bartok who admittedly is not that annoying like in terms of villain sidekicks or just talking animal sidekicks in general he's mostly fine and you know that's a big part and thanks to hank azaria in the role still did not care for him 
wouldn't miss anything if he was not in this movie. Which is not helped by the fact that, oddly enough, he turns on Rasputin towards the end, and it's just kind of random, like, wait a second, you were all for whatever he was doing. Now, granted, you were saying stupid stuff, but for the most part, you didn't care about what Rasputin was doing, and now suddenly it matters, and you're like, hey, don't do this. Weird stuff just doesn't really work. Overall, though, the cast, the music, and animation, all worthwhile to watch. The story struggles in areas, but I can ignore it enough to enjoy it. So, yeah, surprisingly, a movie that I thought what I was going to hate upon revisiting is actually a good movie. Didn't see that coming. Probably should have since I at least enjoyed the songs and animation before rewatching it. But, hey, you know, and sometimes you just make an assumption of what the movie is based on what you remember and what you think about um, based on what you you hear on it so yeah it definitely works thank you for listening this has been octaviano macias to help this podcast look at my patreon www.patreon.com slash psychams that's s-a-i-c-a-m-s www.patreon.com slash psychams i also do videos on youtube look up psycham films and again thank you for listening until next time you're dead you're falling apart sir <laughs>